welcome in, and thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. If you haven't already, go find us on Twitter. We are at Red Rock Sports One. Coming in week one, folks. NFL season is here. I'm here with Connor Holzkamp. Hello. Tyler Walgy filling Woo-hoo. in for Nick Sopris. I am, of course, everyone? Jared All. And real quick, guys, before we get too into this show. Of course. You're, of course, Jared All. Mm-hmm. I am, of course. <laughs> okay. Well, I think everyone knows that. Okay, that's good. Of course, Jared All. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Of course, he is. Sometimes it's debated. Now, should I now call you, uh, of course, Jared All? So, Nick's out again this week, and I was a little, I was a little upset to hear that. I didn't know about this before the, the He's the slacking. I don't, I don't know what's so, going on over there. Um, but we were talking before the show uh, for the audience out there. We obviously have a group text. Of course, every business has a group text, mm-hmm. right? That they all stay in touch. And Nick let us know this week where he was. By the way, so I'm in for Nick today. Producer Nick. Producer, producer Nick. Nick. Yeah, producer Nick's gone. I'm in once again. So sorry, guys, that I'm so, here. I know. Oh. It's such a disappointment. Yeah. to make I, terrible jokes. I came. In, I told hysterical jokes last week, and I made some really good points about That's Teddy hysterical. Bridgewater. But uh, yeah, but uh, I'm a little more observant than the two of you guys. Okay, Nick told us where he was this week, and neither of you guys know. Mm-mm. So we're <laughs> gonna play a game. Where in the world? Is Nick Sopras. Okay, I like this game, but Connor, I think, has an advantage because Connor talks to Nick a lot outside the show. I think that Connor may have an inside track here. So can I get some odds? Can I get like? Plus two hundred or something like that. I think that's fair. no odds. No odds. What? No odds. We're straight up. This is that's even. Ridiculous. This is even. Money. This is not. Yeah, I guess what? Money I'll bet. let you pick first. Since oh, that's okay. an advantage. Well, that's not. That's not an advantage. I want to hear what you have to say. That's the advantage, oh. Connor. So you have to go first if you're trying to give me. Any All right. Now, advantage. do we have to pick like, uh, like a country, a state, a city? How detailed a, are we? It's here? a pretty specific region, and he used one particular word. Nuh-uh. So it's a region. So you don't even know no, the specific cities. Region's probably not the right word. Uh, it's, I mean, you, city. Just guess a city. city just, is it, I guess is it's it more city. specific than a state? Yes. Yeah, guess yes. a city, Connor. City. Okay. All right. I'm going to go Los Angeles. You're in the area. Oh. See, Jared, you're within the, the state. state. You should have said state. that. Can you know I how big a, a clue that gives me? You literally oh. just gave me <laughs> No, you don't have one out of 50. You still don't have okay, it. Okay, well, it's narrowed down to California. Um, is it in that region? Do I get some questions here? Is it in the See, southern you can't region? ask this. I'm not a... <laughs> okay. I'm I don't gonna, do uh, geography. I don't know how... What do you consider I'm a going, region? I'm going San Diego. No. Okay. Well, come on, Bay Area. Think of Bay Nick. Area. Think of Nick Sopris and his hobbies and what he may be into. Nick Sop. Nick Sopris, producer of this show, is a San Diego guy. That was what okay. he does. You're like, right. That probably fits. So, okay. Yeah, I, I don't. The audience be in the San Francisco area. The audience right? doesn't care at this point. Right. Yeah, so I'm just on. gonna let it out there. Napa. He's in Napa. Oh, there you go. Mm, Getting some little wine. wine country. Oh, that, that seemed fitting for Nick. That, right. Yeah, he's a classy individual. He's a way classy classier guy. than I am. Yeah. Yeah. I did have to go back and check the text though because I was just pulling that off of memory i wanted to make sure that is correct he is in well, napa all yeah, right well, producer so, nick will be back next week i don't know i'm a little disappointed yes, yes, i'm gonna be. call out who's media here uh, uh i think we could do a remote location moving forward yeah, we should have gone know. to napa a little wine tasting yeah it could have been fun it. you know taking the whole show with him yeah, you know we should go i'm sure nick. that's what nick was looking to do this weekend you know where we got to go soon to a broncos game a little little live action the broncos maybe oh, yeah. get uh, some microphones little, i do got some season tickets to the broncos there so, you go there you good go. Stuff. I Jared, love that. Jared has sat in my seat. I have. They're good seats. That's awesome. I, They're I good think seats. That, that, that's valuable. That's like, you guys know these NFT 
Uh, or these, what are they called? Punk, uh, like crypto punk. Have you heard of crypto punk? I have not heard of this. Is so, that a dance move? I think it's called crypto punk. <laughs> Let me look it That'll up. That'll be the next move. <laughs> yeah. no, that's going to be the move. The crypto yeah, yeah. Punk. It's called crypto punk. So what they are, they're sort of like, I'm going to show you guys right now. And if you're looking at, uh, if you're listening right now, look up crypto punks. There are these weird looking pixelated avatars. These things sell for about $500,000 each. It's like the whole craze. Like Odell Beckham posted one. Like It's like the big thing if you have you're, a lot of money to buy You're joking it. me. This is... Swear to God. <laughs> this is a video worth, game out of the 80s no, right it here. It looks like I that. Mean, but it, but it, it, it was... Uh, uh, you could buy it back in 2017 and you. It, I think you actually could get it for free when it first came out. But the point is that you can buy these things and they're insanely expensive now. It's sort of like trading like a Bitcoin, if you will. And is it is, it, is the point that like you own that image like yes. singularly? So it's yes. Pokemon and, and, all and over again. Don't quote me here because I don't know a lot about the development of this, but I think each one was like randomly created with some sort of unique algorithm that can never be repeated or something weird like that. But like the point blockchain is, or something like I'm that? I'm not sure, but the, <laughs> okay. the, the point is they're very unique. They're very expensive. That's kind of how Broncos season tickets are. <laughs> it's like once in a blue, once a long Somehow time ago. Somehow you brought crypto you could, <laughs> punk to be in a conversation about Broncos. I, I don't know how you got there. I feel but like I got Connor. Connor's on his phone right now. I feel like I got him hooked on his digging, crypto punk He is thing. digging deep. Yeah. Next no, week. So have you have you seen, it just reminded me of, of have you seen this uh, craze with the NBA this? Top Shot? Top Have shot? you guys what? seen this? No. This is why I don't stay up on these topics, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jared's still figuring out how to use his phone. <laughs> yeah, so so Top Shot, it's kind of it's, it's kind of wild. Like like it's it sounds like this. So so Top Shot are basically digital NBA trading cards. They're like basically moments, like little highlights, right? So like you own like a LeBron dunk or a or one of Jokic's signature plays. I wonder who owns Kawhi hitting that shot against uh, the Sixers. Well, and so the point is so some of these car, some of these cards like these Top Shot whatever you call them, right? They're they're basically like digital trading cards and some of them have multiples. So like some of them will have like 10 or 20 or 100, right? Uh, but they're all made using encrypted blockchain. So it's like something that like is very unique to that person that buys it. And some cool. of these are going for Dude, $50,000, $25,000. I mean, it is wild. It makes me want to start buying a lot of these random things that are coming out. Like, it, anyways, it's just digital it right. real estate. It just makes me realize how old I truly am now. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, you all just said these things, and you just said about 90% of what you just said to me, I did not comprehend. At least you comprehended the crypto punk, right? Let's all go in. Uh, what? Twenty no, it, bucks it each. Buy one for sixty. It makes me think of like the, the, the stupid uh social media video games that these kids are playing now. You know, like, <laughs> dude, you sound so. Old. I, I I know this. Get is off bad. my lawn. Yeah, that's officially. Get off my I've lawn, officially guy. come to that point. Okay, this is where I'm at in my life. At 31 years old, I don't. I am think, get off my lawn. I don't guy. think they're social media games. No, it is. It's like a there chat is. room yeah. slash. Oh, Discord. Oh, now you're talking about Discord. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, a Roblox is the one. That oh, I a Roblox. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's a game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the yeah, games themselves are actually kind of fun. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. I, I play with my sister-in-law, who's a teenager. You know. It's, it's fun. <laughs> All right. Where, where are we? Where in the world? Anyways, are we? back to sports. This is right. what happens when I fill in for Nick. I know. See, I keep trying to find. I've just audience out there. I need to let you know. I keep trying to find a suitable replacement for Nick or for anyone else when they're out. But Tyler Walsh is just, he's hes a better candidate I'm, than I'm anyone I can find. Plus, you know? I linger around the studio. I'm a linger, yeah, right? So it's like, here. well, we need a producer. Plus, I, I know you guys don't love the power I have back here with all the buttons, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I want to use this as Connor's theme song. 
That's already okay. the Vic Fangio theme yeah. song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or the yeah. Drew Lockett. So you're saying I was basically an NFL coach? Okay. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> okay, just because I know the whole audience is really loving listening to our personal lives, I thought I'd start the show by asking, how did the fantasy football drafts go this week? This is, you know, typically the week of fantasy football drafts. Uh, I know, again, for the audience out there, all three of us are in one league together. Are you guys in any other leagues other than the men's league? Uh, I am in four total. Okay. And uh, one of them, actually, with producer Nick over here. Uh, this is a good, a real competitive league, just like many of our listeners out there, right? It's a lot of people take it pretty seriously. Uh, we had this this numbskull in our league, uh, in, in the league that I share with producer Nick. Uh, actually pick Cam Akers with his second overall <laughs> no, pick. You oh, second overall. No, you didn't. Wait, wait, wait. You say second overall, like the second overall pick or oh, second hit, round? Yeah, sorry. Uh, second round pick okay, for him. Okay, still bad. Still bad. That's... It was it was terrible. And, and uh, we do an offline draft in that league, right? Uh, and so... Uh, this guy, you know, because of course, if you're doing an online draft, his name wouldn't have been up there and it probably wouldn't have happened. But we did an offline draft and this guy's using a freaking magazine like it's 1992. <laughs> and, and he, Cam Akers, and our, our commissioner literally goes, he picks up the sticker. Are you sure this is what you want? Before you can give it out, Cam Akers. Put them on. So now uh, somebody in our league has Cam Akers for their second pick. No and it's pretty hilarious. Way. And depending on your league, a lot of times you cannot drop your top couple of picks. Most leagues kind of have a... a, a I, think you, I think you'll be able to drop Cam Akers, but it's still a wasted pick. Still wow. funny. It's an all-timer. I mean, this league's been around for you know 12 years now, so it's definitely an all-timer. He will... He will never forget it. So yeah, that's no doubt embarrassing, and you don't really think about that with all the online drafts oh, now. They kind of uh, protect you from yourself a little bit there, don't uh, they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's fun. Fantasy season's fun. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much so. How I felt. My overall theory when it comes to fantasy football is when you come away from the draft. Whoever the guy is that's like bragging the most about his roster probably actually has the worst Darn. roster. Like when it all <laughs> comes down to it, that's the guy that you're looking back at like week four or five. It's like, yeah, yeah, you picked all the darlings this year, didn't you? I will right, well, look. Can we bring this in to the home base and talk about the best Broncos fantasy players this year? Let's like, do it. I like that. Who's like going to have like some of the best years? Because Teddy Bridgewater, I know you guys are iffy, but look. If the Broncos commit to using him potentially somewhat outside the pocket in the running game, and the Broncos do have the, the kind of a year we're talking about, I think Teddy Bridgewater could be a fringe, I'll say fringe, quarterback in a lot of 12-person per leagues. Like, I wouldn't start him initially. I want to see how things go, but may not be bad as a roster quarterback. Do you think I'm crazy? I, or? No, I think you're more on than when Jared says that Tim Tebow was going to be a draftable. That was tight my end bold. That was a hot take. That was my <laughs> bold <laughs> statement. I was riding that train. Uh, by the way, uh, yeah, I did see him get drafted in some leagues. That still happened. Things happen in Denver that people get a little crazy. Cam Akers, Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah. But Who that's a problem. Can we also acknowledge that though? And we'll get back to Tyler's point here. We'll talk some more Broncos that. It'll be good draft picks, but when you're in Denver, it literally ruins. You cannot draft Denver Broncos because you have to draft them two rounds early because yeah. everyone's homers and they start I, taking these guys. I kind of accidentally drafted Noah Fant, which I'm really not too upset about after the fact. I just don't like that I couldn't vet through a lot of other people. He it says was, accidentally it means he had two or three too many beers and halfway through that draft start clicking. You know things. what? There was some circumstantial. <laughs> I think I think Noah Fant though is is not a bad tight end. Not to move off Teddy. If you no. guys had anything no. to add, no. Well, uh, Teddy's fringe for me. 
Yeah, Teddy. And, and by, by the way, Teddy by, didn't by get Fringe, I mean, you if you're looking to have the kind of roster, I don't know, everyone has different leagues, different settings, but if you have a bench where you can store a quarterback, that may not be a bad option. That's what I mean. If you can afford a bench spot, he may be one of those quarterbacks that has a lot of upside after three or four weeks. It's see, like, wow. I don't see Teddy Bridgewater being, and it could obviously change during the season, but I don't see him being... Um, anywhere in the conversation for starting for a one quarterback league. Now for a two quarterback league, I actually like well, Teddy that Bridgewater. changes it. Totally. It does a lot, but, but I actually like Teddy Bridgewater a lot in a two quarterback league as a second quarterback with a lot of upside. Um, yeah. But like you said, maybe the potential to kind of fringe that top, 12, well, because 13, look, 14. It's, it's a tough question. There's usually, there's not many 14, 16, most leagues are 10 or 12, right? There's some eight, but right. I'd say most people listening are in a 10 or 12 team league. Mm-hmm. So that means ideally the 10 best or 12 best quarterbacks every week. And you're probably right. Teddy probably isn't in that list most weeks, but I just wonder if the Broncos again, start the way a lot of people think they could Teddy may be just sort of in the mix. A rising tide, you know, raises all ships kind of thing. So it's interesting. I'm curious to get your guys' take on the receivers. Now, I kind of ranked them a little differently than I saw them on a lot of lists. Where do you guys rank their receivers, mainly being the ones that were getting drafted, Cortland Sutton versus Jerry Judy, from a fantasy standpoint? Or Tim Patrick. From from a fantasy standpoint, I... I would take Jerry Judy over Cortland Sutton um, just because of the high ceiling. And I, I've, I, when I try and do fantasy drafts, I typically really like to put emphasis on ceiling a lot of times because okay. uh, I like to say, hey, if everything works out absolutely perfectly, I want to have the best, right? Uh, I think Jerry Judy has a higher ceiling, and I think Cortland Sutton might have a more stable floor. So I think if you're, if you're looking for a guy that's probably going to go out there you kind of know what he is. He's going to be good. He's going to be all right. You know, he's going to. He's not going to fall off the map, and unless he gets injured. Yes. Yeah. See, I disagree with you there. That I think Judy's got the higher floor because Ooh, because Cortland Sutton coming back off this injury, and I really think if he's a guy that you're banking on as your flex week one, that's a mistake in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a guy that it will take him four weeks, maybe six weeks to possibly, and maybe he never retakes this number one receiver role. If Jerry Judy just comes out and tears it up, I I think, like you said, he has that upside to be there, number one, but to me, he is definitely a guy that is going to get a lot of targets early, so as far as who I'm looking at playing, if I, I mean, it's not likely that you have both guys on your roster, but in, in, in terms of who I was looking to draft, Judy, to me, was that more immediate impact, the higher floor for me, because I think he's going to be a solid performer all 17 weeks of the season well and he certainly has more uh uh certainly less less question marks i'm less it's less of a question mark to me when you look at the big question mark for judy right is drops right and to me Gonna that's, right that's, past that. to me I'm, I'm i'm willing to look a little more beyond that than the question mark for Cortland sutton with injury so, so i will agree with you jay i was more willing to draft judy in my leagues but like you said most of my leagues they went way too high for me to consider yeah. picking him and how there much of a change do you think it is as an approach as like a fantasy owner for these for these receivers from the switch from Drew Lock will switch perceived switch from Drew Lock to, to Teddy Bridgewater? Does that make these receivers more valuable? Does that make any particular receiver more valuable? Because last year we get to at least see a little bit of a window who Drew Lock liked to throw to, you know, kind of who he worked well with. Now it's completely kind of new yeah, with Teddy I think, Bridgewater. I think for whatever reason it uh, does not appear as if Drew Lock had ever really built some sort of connection with Jerry Judy. 
it didn't really seem to be there. So the, does the Jerry Judy have the highest chance to kind of uh, to kind of yes, think, show up now? I think Jerry Judy and and Bridgewater really did have an apparent connection in training camp and in the preseason games. It really looks like you know Bridgewater's consistently looking for him. It seems kind of like they're on the same page. I like I think Jerry Judy's stock rises with Bridgewater and a receiver I think is going to go down possibly with uh, Bridgewater over Locke is KJ Hamler. I think KJ Hamler might have been a little more valuable from a fantasy perspective, especially with Drew Locke hitting his potential uh, because of that ability to take the top off a of defense so often. Yeah, and I mean that's something we talked about before is going vertical, going long, and so if Drew Locke is in there, maybe look. I'm obviously, we don't have to get back into it, a Teddy guy, right? But if Drew Locke is in there, maybe if you're talking ceiling, that does substantially raise for all these receivers. So that is something to think about, that because Teddy's in, maybe we're lowering that ceiling for a couple of these guys. So that could be the case. Okay, but if it lowers the ceiling for Hamler, does that raise the ceiling for Noah Fant? See, that's what I was asking. That that that's my question is is it an imbalanced thing to where necessarily or it's not necessarily one or you know every receiver maybe one excels with Teddy, maybe one doesn't. I'm not so it, it's just interesting to kind of think about. Connor, where's your stock on Noah Fant? You saying stock up, stock down from what you've seen coming uh, from last year into this year? How do you think he's going to uh, fare both from a fantasy standpoint, but also for our Broncos? Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how much they use him. Uh, I mean they were, I think his stock is probably up with Teddy Bridgewater. It looks like they're using um, less. Uh, they're using more double tight end sets uh, and 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 kind of going out of the run package more with Teddy Bridgewater, which I think will be good for hitting. Um, on play action and, and little, you know, flat routes and, and slants. I think that'll be good for Noah Fant. Um, but I don't know. I, I expect big things from Noah Fant, you know, coming in coming in this year. I think he's ready for a breakout. I think I think all Broncos fans are just hoping that Noah Fant turns into the talent that he, he is and shows, right? I mean... So I have actually some specific things about Noah Fant that I want to say. Is, is doing some research, looking at the offense this year, I believe Noah Fant will get at least a 10% increase in usage this year. I think his fit with the offense, what they're looking to do, and you said it, Connor, Teddy maybe scrambles a little bit more often than Drew would. Maybe he looks for the check down a little more often. And the Broncos, as we kind of saw the, end, the tail end of last year, they can use those tight ends in that situation where they're peeling off after blocking, running those flat routes. I think Noah Fant is set up for a big year because there's a lot that Teddy can do with Noah Fant, and there's a lot the Broncos can do with their tight ends. I think Vic Fangio's been very clear. They want to win with their defense and ball control. What does that mean? Middle of the field, between the hashes, using Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant is set up for a, not necessarily a huge year. I'm not predict, you know predicting top five but I think he's going to have a better year than last year, and we're going to see him used a lot more. So, well, last year he was already a top 10, wasn't he? I don't know where he finished up. But, but, I mean... Fringe? I could see him finishing right around there. Again, again it, it's tough to predict top five. That's kind of bold. That's a lot to go out there, especially, especially when it comes to know. tight ends. It's well, such a group that you have the tier one, and then you have the other guys. But also, to, to tight end. the Broncos' offense, we don't really have a great idea what it's going to look like compared to, say, the Buccaneers, where nothing's changed. Same offense, same staff. We kind of have a good idea. Now, Tom Brady has obviously had the offseason to work with them, so on and so forth. We're not going to talk about the Bucs. But my point is, compared to other NFL teams, 
we really don't have a great idea what this Broncos offense will look like when it's all said and done. So with all the options, maybe that's why Noah Fant could even potentially slip back a little bit. I don't know. I'm not going to predict where he's going to end. All I'm saying is his usage in the offense, I think, will certainly increase. There is a lot of options. One thing I, I want to – do you have one other thing on Noah Fant? Just it, it, to me, this is a big year for Noah Fant as you know, as a Broncos fan, and just you know, they drafted him in the first round. That's very rare to see at a tight ends, and the talent's there. There's been a lot of really talented, good athletes at tight end though that never develop into great tight ends, and. I think this is sort of a make-or-break year. Obviously, he's a young guy, but I kind of look at a guy similar to like an Eric Ebron who is on this trajectory to like potentially be this superstar tight end. And sure, he's had a resurgence the last few years, but he was never the guy he was touted to be. And right. I'm, I'm afraid that's what we have in Noah Fant because, frankly, I've not seen it. I've not seen it consistently enough. He's he's missed games due to injury. He's been, you know, a no no factor, a non-factor in certain games as well. So I'm there's a part of me that wonders if Alboro is gonna end up as the better tight end out of these two because he's a more well rounded tight end. No offense, the athlete. Uh, now can they put him in the right position to be successful? Does he that, fit the, in with see, that? See, that's the thing. I I'm not sure that I'm not sure if if the coaching staff has necessarily put Noah Fant in a best position to succeed. A lot of times, oftentimes last year, and especially the year before, it seemed like they were just not even throwing the ball his direction very often. Now, I mean, I know there's a lot of other weapons, but it just didn't seem like not Noah two Fant years was getting, ago there weren't. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't seem like Noah Fant was getting involved as much as I thought he should get involved. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I like your uh, comparison to Eric Ebron because that that's that was not, that was a tight end who everyone was really high on. Obviously, with Matt Stafford throwing him the ball in Detroit too, everyone was loving it. So I got some stats from last year. Okay. Uh, targets, and I think that's what we should look at is targets. Let's not focus completions. Let's look at targets. So last year, the leader was Jerry Judy, 111 targets. Second was Noah Fant, 92 targets. Third, Tim Patrick, 85. Then there's a bit of a drop-off. KJ Hamler, 56. Deshaun Hamilton, 45. Melvin Gordon, 44. Then another drop-off. Nick Vanette, uh, 22. Uh, Albert, o, four, uh, Albert O, 17. Philip Lindsay, 14. So on and so forth. So, to magnify what you guys were just talking about, Noah Fant last year had 92 targets. Albert O had 17 does how much does that change this year? Because last year it was very clear no offense got to go to. I still think no offense going to be the guy to go to over Alberto. Although in the red zone, I think I think Alberto is going to show himself this Isn't year. Isn't that interesting? Like Seventeen that really surprises me yeah. because I came away from last year going, man, they may have a guy right. there. They may have a player. So I'm excited for Noah Fant. I really coming out of that draft, I liked him more than T.J. Hawkinson, who went in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken, and. One could argue they're kind of both in the same spot. Where did Noah Fant go to college? They, Iowa. They both went Ooh. to Iowa. Yeah, and I bring it. That's why I referenced T.J. Hawkinson. They both were teammates, and they both Iowa. got taken right. in the first round. How crazy is um, and, that? And, and, and T.J. Hawkinson's kind of in that ends. same spot where, like, he took a little more of that step last year than Fant did. But both guys are kind of in that spot. Like, wait, maybe it was not worth. But that we first can all agree took on them. that in the NFL. It matters where you land. I don't care if you're a quarterback, a receiver, a D lineman, a safety. Well, where the, better to land than in Denver? No, but for my tight point ends. is, when you're talking about Hawkinson <laughs> and Alberto, or, or, or Hawkinson and Noah Fant, yeah. it's like it's it matters on scheme. 
relationship with quarterback. There's so many factors. Like I feel bad when quarter like look at uh quarterback out of BYU who just went to Zach Wilson. Just, Zach Wilson. Hey. I almost feel bad for hey, the buddy. Kid. Watch out for those Jets this year. I don't know. I mean, I think they have something going. If I were a player right now, or, or like the father of a player being being drafted, I and I got drafted by the Jets, I would pull an Elway and say, I'm not playing there. I'll go play or I'll do something else. I'll go work at the car dealership. I'm not playing for them and force them to, to trade you. Maybe, but the then Jets, again, there's horrible. also the lure of being in such a big market. And also, right, if you were the that. guy that turns around that team, you ultimately end up a legend. I mean, look at everyone knows... Joe Namath. Everybody knows the name Joe Namath. He is one of the most notorious, arguably the worst quarterback that's in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Has significantly more interceptions than touchdowns. But he won him a Super Bowl. And now Joe Namath is in history as one of the greatest. I mean, you know, no one's going to, no real football person is going to put Joe Namath on any top most 10 Most overrated list, guy right? yeah, ever. Probably. But you still know Joe Namath. And, and so look, Joe, there's that allure we, too. We got off onto a branch. Yeah. We can wrap this up, get back to the fantasy talk for the Broncos. But I just want to say this. My opinion with that is I, I don't care about, if I were in that position, and it's easy for me to say right now, so let's just say this. I'm sitting in a chair right now just hanging out, right? I'm about to watch some you know, some sports later on. It is what it is. This isn't, I'm not actually doing it. But if I could be Joe Namath or go to work every day in a good environment, that's what I want to be a part of. So to me, it's not necessarily this whole idea of turning a team around. Look at what, That's a video game Madden thing to me. That's where you go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get, this is, was more common with the old NCAA game. I'm going to go, I'm going to get a Louisiana Lafayette and win a national championship. And you could do it in like a couple days, right? That's the, like the, 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 the pipe dream. That doesn't exist anymore. If you want to go to the Jets, turn the Jets around, go to one of these terrible franchises, go to the Las Vegas Raiders and make them good again, so be it. Be one of those players. I, if I were, again, getting drafted or I have a son getting drafted, I would say, no, you want to go to a good company, a good franchise that knows what the hell they're doing. They can put you in a good spot, just like getting Stable hired. Stable ownership. Like, yes, that's like, so big. Just I'm like, getting hired like the Broncos. College. Like the Broncos. Well, <laughs> you know what? The Broncos are like a top three, top five organization for that. No, why do you say that? The uh, Broncos because are the ownership is right now the ownership so in is question. Right. But historically, yes. the Broncos have been such good, like, with the ownership and the top level, the Broncos are right there with the Patriots recently. Are they anymore? I think that'd be a good comp- uh, conversation maybe for another time. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. I think that's yeah. a good discussion to have because uh, whether within Colorado or outside of Colorado, there is a lot of talk on how important the ownership situation is and where the Broncos truly are and how much that's impacted. Yeah, we, I think we should add that to the slate. We should. We should talk about that later. I just had to respond to Connor's comment about going to the turn it around the Jets. Oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield, turn it around the Browns. Hey, it's I want to well go to hey, so. I would rather go to the Broncos, a good organization. Speaking of which, organization. before we get off this topic, I got yes. two questions for you guys. Okay. And I think it'll, it'll get where the next place we need to go with this conversation. I think it'll end it, too. Um... <laughs> Question number one. drop. I love it. Question number one. All right. You mentioned mentioned the the Cleveland Browns. All right. Um, Baker Mayfield had 26 touchdowns last year. Okay. And remember, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago about is Baker Mayfield, you know, the same as Teddy Bridgewater on the same tier, right? Are we hoping that Teddy Bridgewater can be that tier? My question to you guys is, does Teddy Bridgewater get 26 touchdowns this year like Baker Mayfield did last year? Definitively no. Absolutely yes. Ooh, all right. Let's put it on the board. Let's put it up. Let's put it on the board. 100% he absolutely does. Look. 
Is it, we'll mark it down, Jared. All right, good. Hey, we're going to revisit that. 26, right? Is the over-under? 26. So can we go 25 and a half for the bet, Jared? Sure, sure. Okay. Let's do it. So here's the thing. I have faith the Broncos will be as good as advertised. I think they will be better than advertised. I actually, I don't know if this is Skip Bayless' bold prediction, I think the AFC West will be just as good as the NFC West. I think the Raiders are going to be better than people think. The Chiefs, obviously, look for the uh, Chargers to take a step up. The Broncos, right there in the same conversation. So, I think the Broncos will have a great year against other very good teams. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a good season. With that, red zone passes, play action. And we're talking uh, passing touchdowns, right? Not total touchdowns. Uh, yeah, yeah, that needs to be passing. Yeah. Yeah. I figured. I, that's what I want to bet on, passing, yeah, touchdowns. passing touchdowns. I'm going to go over. I think okay. he has a good, solid, respectable year. That's why I said I think he's worth a bench spot in fantasy. <laughs> well, I like how he got into the uh, the the rankings of the AFC know, West, Connor which we will do so later this show. We will later this show. But uh, but I, I still, before we go right on to that, there's one last question I have for you okay. guys. Okay. okay. And I think it, it alludes to the last fa- fantasy-relevant portion of the Broncos offense um Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon okay I actually took Javante Williams right with his draft value in one of my leagues uh, I somehow was able to get him without reaching it was right on value but I'm I'm hoping he's my RB2 which I don't necessarily love uh so here, here's my question going back to Tyler who had said earlier Vic Fangio made it clear he wants to win with defense he wants to win with ball security okay is there a window because of Melvin Gordon's ball security issues in the past uh, that Javante Williams can take this job because of that? Uh, because of Melvin Gordon coughing up the ball, do you, do you foresee a situation where Javante Williams, whether it's because of turnovers or whether it's because he's just outperforming, do you see a scenario where Javante Williams becomes the undisputed number one by the end of the year? By the end of the year, yes. There's no doubt in my mind that Javante Williams takes over as the number one running back. But from a fantasy standpoint, again, I'm hitching my wagon to Melvin Gordon because of his early production. I believe he is the lead back through at least four weeks, and then maybe they start splitting carries. But I think, you know, you look at Melvin Gordon's issues he's had, it's been very um, kind of spotty where he'll have several games in a row, where he's having trouble holding on to the ball, and then he'll have several games, even stretches of a season, that he he doesn't. Um, so I'm going to bank on him not. He's a veteran guy. He's been around the block. He's got to improve those things. But yes, over the course of the year, Javante Williams take over. I'm even going to say like by week 10 of the football season, Javante Williams has taken over as a starter. Okay, fair enough. How about, how about this, just so we can put you guys on the board again and with, with a secondary bet here, all right? More fantasy points for this season. Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon? Tyler. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. I'm actually going to go Javante Williams. Uh, <laughs> even though you just said. But, but here's the thing. So <laughs> Melvin think- Gordon. But no, no. <laughs> okay. it, 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 no, no. This is a good discussion for fantasy because value plays so into play here. When did you draft Javante Williams in your draft? Oh, I mean, you don't, I don't you don't give me, I mean, we're talking, was, we're mid rounds, mid rounds. Whereas I got Melvin Gordon with one of my last picks in a draft and he is like, he is 
he, in my mind, is a better starter. If you had to, if you had to plug somebody in in your flex the first two or three weeks, Melvin Gorder is a better play than Javante Williams the first three or four weeks because he's the veteran, because he's done it before. The rookie's going to take some time to get going, get acclimated to the speed. He's not seen this on the NFL level. That's more just a theoretical approach to it in general. You don't see mid-round rookies drafted necessarily and be the guy. I look at a guy like David Montgomery who has absolutely established himself as a very good running back uh, for the Chicago Bears, but his rookie season, it wasn't until about week six or eight he established himself as the lead guy. I think you see something similar with Javante Williams. So, yeah, by the end of the year, great. I didn't want to draft Javante Williams where it was because I got to sit and stash him for several weeks before I can right. get there. Whereas okay. if I need to play Melvin Gordon the first four weeks, he's a playable guy. I'm probably cutting him by week eight. But right, I think you can enough. get value early out of him. I just don't know. I try and follow closely what's going on with social media in Denver. And it seemed like end of last year, beginning of this year, Everyone's so excited about Melvin Gordon. Everyone was so up on Melvin Gordon, and all of a sudden, just like that, okay, Javante Williams, let's move on. So I don't, I don't understand why that happened. Like, what, what's going on with? Is that my perception? Was that just not real? Was that go? I mean, I feel like there was so much Melvin hype. And I was just like, okay, well, let's go. Well, the, the Broncos fans got to watch Melvin Gordon rip them apart uh, on the other team for in the, the Chargers for no, years. No, I'm not talking so. about last year. I'm talking about like, this offseason. Right. So then, but then we had a season where the Broncos didn't do well again. I, and and now Broncos fans I thought are Melvin, very... So here my he take right. on that, Tyler, is that... He did fine. I feel like Broncos fans were not happy when they signed Melvin Gordon last year. And then he actually performed pretty well. It's like, ah, you know what? Yeah, they kind of paid a lot for him, but he's a pretty darn good running back, right. you know? And so I think maybe the reality started setting in for fans like, you know what? We actually have something here. But as soon as you draft Javante Williams and everyone wants to kick Melvin Gordon to the curb again. Yeah, well, so we'll see what happens. Second round pick. I mean, you got to put him in there, right? So yeah, you got to. We'll see. Okay, Tyler teased it a little bit. We've been teasing it for a couple of weeks here. I want to know where exactly you guys see the Broncos within the AFC West, okay? So we're going to kind of go around the table here. We'll all kind of give along the way our thoughts to it of one to four ranking, power ranking the AFC West for the 2021 season, okay? I'm going to throw something out there. I don't think it's that bold. I think we all have the Chiefs at the top. Are we in agreement oh, there? Is that the uh, the hot, hot take, take of the yeah. year right yeah. there? Chiefs at yeah. number one. We're all there. Yeah, I got them there. Okay. So I'm going to ask the question of where do you have the Broncos fitting amongst the other three and why? Connor, I go to you. Ooh, put me on the spot second here. First here, actually. Okay. That's right. uh, I have the Chiefs, obviously, number one. Uh, I put the Broncos. Now... It's so hard for me to analyze the Broncos because I put my orange-colored glasses on every single year. Uh, I have the Broncos finishing third. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. third. He has no idea But, no I, think, right but I think it's going to be really... I think, I anticipate that it's going to be a battle between the Broncos and the Chargers for that second spot. I do. As much as I've uh, you know mentioned that I would prefer Drew Locke have been the starter, and don't get into that again, uh, but I do think St- Teddy Bridgewater gives you a better chance at actually... A steady presence, giving you some wins. Uh, I have the Broncos three right now, so I have the it goes Chiefs, then the Chargers, and then the Broncos, and then the Raiders. But I do think 
that we will see. I do think, just like Tyler said, I, do, I think the Raiders might actually be a little better than people think this year. Okay. Uh, can I just I squash that saying, real yeah, quick? We'll get back be, to the other they're two. They're a dumpster fire, huh? The Raiders are a dumpster fire. <laughs> what have they done? What has uh, Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden done to make you believe in them? Here's, I'm just going to throw out a few first and second round picks over the last few years for the Raiders, okay? First round picks, Damon Arnett. I didn't think he's on their roster anymore. I don't know. That was a pick last year. Jonathan Abram. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, while a solid player, was drafted like third overall. The guy didn't belong there. He's an average talent at best. Henry Ruggs. We'll see, guys. We'll see what he does this year. But, I mean, you keep going on and on. P.J. Hall in the second round. Arden Key in the third round. Lynn Bowden, who they cut his rookie year in the third round. I, I, it's not good. Their, their free agent signings haven't been any better. The Raiders may be the worst team in the NFL this year. You really think that? Ooh, I the really worst think team. that. Their, their roster is just it's garbage. And, and, and I'm not sold on Derek Carr as a starter. I think he is maybe a slight step up from Drew Locke. I, I have the Raiders winning seven games. So I don't think that's going to be the worst team. I'm thinking four or five. So maybe they're not the worst. Okay. They're in that bottom <laughs> three be. to five. Man, I just uh, I think that the they have too good of a quarterback. I think personally to be a, a five, too good of a quarterback. Team. He's a below average quarterback. A below average, but I mean barely. Maybe he's so he's below an average, average quarterback. Would, he's a, he's an with average a quarterback. poor talented roster, poorly talented. Nothing. Yeah, yeah I got I, I got him going six seven games. You know, but that's not the worst team in the NFL. The worst team in the NFL is not six seven games. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Four or five. I think four or five wins for them. Okay, I'm okay. a little higher Sorry. on than you. I but. just I had to get that off my chest. Everyone was so high when they got Mike Mayock. They just thought it was just going to be this revolutionary thing, and everyone's going to go get some analyst to go be their GM, and that has so. blown up in their face. <laughs> okay, where do you, Tyler, rank the Broncos amongst the AFC West? Uh, number two. He's going to boldly put. It, I knew it. I knew. Yeah, it. I, I had knew a feeling too. you were going there too. Why, it's not, why it's not outlandish. Though. I'm not the Broncos like fanatic on here. Like, I know it's I'm the funny. One who try, I try and be realistic with this with this stuff, but I think the Broncos are clearly number two. And here's the thing: it comes down to the Chargers. You're right, Jared. I, I, the, the the Raiders aren't going to be great this year. I love Gruden. I love that new stadium. <laughs> I, I loved love, him on the Monday night. I know. Team. I know. I know. So good. I don't think it's going to translate to wins though. So <laughs> the Broncos have such a high upside. Like Connor talked earlier about ceiling, you know, with players, things like that. The Broncos have a high ceiling, I think, as a team. And, again, we're not going to get into it. I'm a Teddy guy. I think the Broncos are set up to have such a good season. They don't make mistakes. They win the games they're supposed to win. The Broncos, I think, will be right there. One of the more surprised teams in the NFL. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not just trying to be hot take. I really think the Broncos have the roster. Everything right now is set up in Denver for the Broncos to make a run for the division and potentially the conference. Okay, I really believe that outside of quarterback. As long as Teddy can have an average year, the Broncos will be right there you know, number two, I think, in the AFC West, not too much to ask. No, let me ask you, though. Would it surprise you if the Broncos finished three and the Chargers finished two? It wouldn't two? surprise me if the yeah. Broncos finished last, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> because right. this division's so close. But I think the Broncos have what it... Now, to me, the main question mark is not Teddy Bridgewater. It's Vic Fangio. That's the main question mark here. If Vic has a good season, we'll make the playoffs. 
That's what I think. It's not about Teddy. So I actually agree with most, most of what you said about the Broncos, their talent on their roster. I believe their roster, top to bottom, is more talented than the Chargers, but it's close. I think the the national media has kind of been on the brink of like jumping on the Chargers bandwagon the last two or three years. It's a very talented roster. They just can't stay healthy. Well, well but hold on, hold on. Not just can't stay healthy – to me, a, a huge reason why we may be wrong about the Chargers and why they may be a lot better this year, Anthony Lynn, they fired him, right? Yes, yes. Anthony Lynn was, and I, I can just talk about this statistically, one of the most laughable head coaches in the history of the I mean, they set the records. Game. You guys are more stats guys than I am, but what, what was the, the record they set last year? The the games lost while you were When winning? they had to lead. Yeah. It, it, it was games where they led and ended up letting other teams come back. But aside from that, there were so many things where if you look at them, it, it was such a poorly run team because of one person. So you wonder, now that they actually have a – a, a coaching staff and a team that's competent or a, a staff that's competent, how much does that change the Chargers? Because they, they could look dramatically well, different because Anthony Lynn was terrible. And I... That's that's very true. Very true. They were the choke masters of the NFL. Yeah. Um, I, though... So when I'm thinking about the AFC West, I put my stock in. I really expect Justin Herbert. I believe in Justin Herbert. And I really, truly believe that he was going to vault into the category of elite quarterbacks this year. Uh, I think he had a just a tremendous rookie season as a, as a rookie NFL quarterback. But hold on. Didn't you predict seven wins or was that Jared that predicted seven wins for the Chargers? Was that you, Connor? He said that for the the Raiders. I said that for the Raiders. Oh, for the Raiders. Okay, yeah. because I said six, seven wins. If you're for the predicting Raiders. that many wins for no, the Chargers, you so, can't see him putting in that many nope, numbers. No, I have the Chargers at eleven wins, and that I have, makes and more I have sense. the Broncos at nine or ten. Okay. Uh, and, and I think, I mean, obviously Herbert's their X factor. I actually think you see a little bit of a sophomore slump. I mean, he yeah. was so good last year. He was so good, but he was just being an athlete. He was just being a superior athlete and slinging the ball around. Defenses re- react. They they will look back at that film. They'll figure out ways to attack him. You now don't think they were doing that during the year last year. Sure, but there's when you have a whole off season, it's different than a week or two leading up to a game, and when you're adjusting from week to week, uh, going against a team. So I, I think you're going to see a more focused uh, effort from the NFL. I mean, it's it's year after year you see that there are very very few quarterbacks that don't see those struggles year two, year three because. Teams now recognize them as the threat, them as the thing they have to stop. And so when everyone's targeting stopping Justin Herbert, they're going to find his weaknesses. Can he take that next step? I, I, I think a guy like Josh Allen is a guy that a lot of people didn't expect to take that step, and he absolutely did last year. And I think he answered the bell. Can Justin Herbert step up and do that? I'm a little skeptical. I think that is what you know the Chargers are relying on to get them – in the talk for you know top and winning this division, also also for winning this conference, but it's not just the Justin Herbert show. There's it, like I said, it's a talented roster. I think the Broncos have a better offensive roster when you look at their weapons and their talent than the Chargers. But these defenses on paper, in my mind, are neck and neck. The Chargers have a really really good defense. I think these are both top ten, possibly top five defenses in the NFL. So if it comes down to Betting on Justin Herbert in year two to at least have a, a, a plateau and not drop off, or expecting Terry Bridgewater to have the best year of his career, I'm going to bet on 
you know, Justin Herbert and the Chargers with that roster being number two, and I have Broncos number three in so my I, mind. I have some strength of schedule ratings here, and this is just from uh, eatdrinksleepfootball.com, but it looks like they use stats from uh, an outside source where they ran simulations. Either way, the Broncos number 27 in the league based on this. Uh, uh, strength of schedule approaching the, the 2021 year yeah, like yeah this is going schedule. into this season broncos have the number 27 strength of schedule the uh chargers have 17 so theoretically you're right jared because of the situation the scenario maybe a step back because the teams are facing home road things like that and let's also remember not that this is hugely significant the afc teams have one more home game this year that'll flip every year now because there's 17 games this year the AFC aka the Broncos one more home game that is odd I didn't think about that yeah so next year the Broncos game. will have nine road games right yeah so I mean that's a good thing this year you know that's actually a really big deal that you know one more game in altitude that's uh that's big for no, the Broncos. No, so. uh, DraftKings I just looked has the Broncos currently at eight and a half games for the over under. So uh, nine and eight. I love that. I'll so, take the over. So are we all taking the over on that? Absolutely. I'm taking the over. Let's go Teddy. I will take Absolutely. the over. Absolutely. I don't like over. that number. I'm not betting it, but I would take the over if I was. Yeah, if you had to bet it. Yeah, if be I nice. had to. Uh, they have the Chargers at, or they have the Raiders, sorry, at seven. I think you're right, Connor. I think the Raiders, it's going to maybe, or uh, Jared, it may be a long year for... Uh, oh, no! We suck again! Maybe a long year for... <laughs> the best Vegas. part, though, is that the Raiders <laughs> got their hopes so high a couple right. years ago just to watch them I gotta get say crushed this. again. I love John Gruden. I'm just going to put that out there. I know everyone hates me for saying that, and I love Derek Carr. I think he's a good quarterback, good dude, but not, not going to And they have a... They so so I did mention they have uh, seven games for the Raiders. They have eight and a half for the Broncos. The Chiefs are at twelve and a half. Uh, you guys like that number? I mean, it's, it's yeah. a good number. Chiefs are elite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they're gonna. I are think you buying gonna. the over on that? No, I don't want to touch it. But would you say that the Chargers are at? Uh, uh, yeah. the, so the Chargers are at nine and a half. What are the Broncos? Eight and a half. Yeah, see right there. Yep. It's what and I mean obviously to those who didn't know we play them twice so. If we win both those games, you know, obviously that changes. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, those games will be huge as they always are the the divisional games and uh, seeing and you know I, I do expect the Broncos to be right in it with the Chargers this year for that number two spot. Um, is this the year that the Broncos uh, stop their what is it six year streak five year streak of losing to the Chiefs? Is that five years? Can we confirm uh, that? Uh, whenever Peyton Manning stopped playing for the Broncos, it's been that long. That's <laughs> <laughs> been that long. Is this the year? Do the Broncos beat the Chiefs once this year? Uh, no. I'm not sure. Uh, no. I'm going to say that. No. Yeah. I don't know. Chiefs, I, I think Chiefs are on a, <laughs> yeah, a bounce back tour. I they think are. They're, yeah, they're, they're on a mission right now. Patty Mahomes, man. The, the Kermit sounding guy. He's, he's getting it. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Kermit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. All right. So that oh. transitions us pretty well into the next topic I've been trying to bring up for a couple of weeks. It, it is about <laughs> expectations, okay? Okay. Uh, and our difference in expectations. I'm going to kind of call us out as a whole, myself particularly. I was listening back the last couple of weeks, and we've been very critical on the Broncos' approach. Connor and I particularly, I can't lump Tyler in on this one, in the idea of by choosing Teddy Bridgewater, you're basically choosing to just be competitive not actually contend for championships, all right? And that's a very disappointing reality. Would you agree with me, Connor? I agree. 
Why then did we, a couple weeks ago when we were discussing the Rockies, I was just so happy, so excited at the idea of you could just put together a competitive team that would entertain me <laughs> all year. I want to just throw out a couple of things, okay? Um, the Broncos, as you just mentioned, they've not looked good the last five years, okay? They have missed the playoffs for five consecutive years. Do you realize in that time span, the Rockies have made the playoffs twice? Yes. Won a playoff series. Uh, they've been to... Hold up, hold up. They won a playoff series off of a... Off of a the Chicago Cubs one game doesn't matter. But, Still on but paper. But on the other series. side, it's harder to make the playoffs in baseball, right? Uh, oh wait, last year? It, no, yeah, no. it's harder. Yes, it is harder to make the playoffs in baseball. It is. Yeah, it certainly it, is. And it was 2018. So we got to factor that in. I, I just, what is it? Why do we, as Colorado fans, set a bar a certain level for the Broncos? <laughs> And then there is a well, completely different the, bar for the Rockies. When in the reality, the the Rockies have made it to a World Series. The Rockies have been very competitive in the past. Tyler is raising his hand. He looks excited like over here. Class. I, I know the reason. I Coming do Carter, too, yeah. do you want to? Do you want well, to? You're tell probably going to say what I'm going to say. I mean, it's it's obviously when you win Super Bowls, then uh, the expectation is just there. And you okay, know, you say but, that. But, there but, are only hold up. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you real quick because this might be what Walter's getting at. Okay, I know. But real quick on that point, okay. to Super Bowls. There are currently two players on the Denver Broncos. From that Super Bowl Fifty but team, also, right, one of right, them is your right, kicker. Right. That's okay. the wrong answer. So let me, so let me give you okay. So let me give you the one answer, which is just obviously, hey, when you win Super Bowls, you get accustomed to success, and obviously that's what the fans are going to want again. But let me give you the the my answer that I would personally give. Okay. When it comes to the Rockies and the way the MLB is set up, the Rockies are not in a place financially to compete with the freaking Yankees and the and the the Padres and the Cubs. It is unfair. And, it, and I don't personally like the rules, how there's no salary cap, and it just allows these big teams to spend absurd amount, amounts of money to create essentially all-star teams uh, to compete for championships. So in my mind, I don't have those expectations for the Rockies because they won't get there with... They can't compete with the big boys when it comes to the financial situation of it, you know? Let's go, Tyler. Let's see. What, what, what do you got to say here? I, I, I can sum this entire thing up <laughs> with one word. All right. I uh, mind you, he's wearing a Rockies hat. I just want to point that out. For <laughs> I him. am, and I love that. But I can sum the Broncos' obsession and need for winning up with one word: quarterback. The Broncos have had for much of their existence John Elway, and then for a little bit of their existence, Peyton Manning. But what Broncos fans got out of those two windows? You're forgetting Tim Tebow. Was a glimpse <laughs> into what championship NFL football looks like. And I will say it was a lot more Elway than Manning, but what Manning gave us was that taste, that reminder of what this could be. So I don't blame Broncos fans, but it's all about the quarterback. And as Connor said on this show before, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a shot. And maybe I'm being overzealous with Teddy. Who knows? But that's always been okay, the but, case. Okay, but hold so, on. But so because they had a quarterback, what happened because the Broncos had quarterbacks? Exactly where I'm Super getting Bowls, with this. Right? So, I mean, well, why, how am I wrong with saying it's a that? Bi- it's a byproduct, okay? Winning with the right quarterback, you're going to get Super Bowls. Just like if the Rockies somehow had this amazing staff of aces that got us a World Series, and then again, recently, in the last couple of years, had another staff of aces that got us a World Series, I'd say the Rockies fans 
would have the same expectations Broncos fans do because they'd be used to the same success. Right. So to that, me, well, so that's what I was saying. It's because of the success but, rate. It's because of Super Bowls. It's because of championships. But there's other th- there's other cities I think that have championships. There's other teams with championships. The Avs have championships. We're not hungry of that because guess what? We had Patrick Waugh and that's it. Everyone forgot about it like an old dream. What we got with Peyton Manning woke everyone up, reminded everyone, and what I think is is Denver's a football town. I remember 1990, well, I don't remember because I was a kid, even though I was at that game, but if you look back at the telecast, 1993, game one, the first game ever the Rockies played in Denver, the announcer said, folks, this is a football crowd in a baseball stadium. Denver's always been that crowd. And with John Elway, they finally got what they expected. So you know what? It's a leftover, a hangover from seeing greatness with John Elway. And I will say, Brian Greasy played very well for the Broncos. Jake Plummer was not a bad quarterback. And now we and then we had Peyton Manning. So this is, and forgive me for using this word, it's a trigger word. This is a spoiled fan base. And I would say if the Rockies had all these different great pitching staffs and we could rely on these winning years where we won the World Series and beat the Red Sox and came back the next year and had the back-to-back with success now, comes expectation. I'm so that's say, what I said think. said the avalanche. Now. Now I'm just—I know you want to talk about the Avalanche because I saw it in no, your no, eyes. No, 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 no. It's actually not the Avalanche. No. Okay. No. You guys know how I love analogies, right? Okay. Peyton Manning to this uh, Denver Broncos fan base was what Disney's doing to all of us now, right? We were kids. We were there. We were through all these great movies. Now they're remaking everything, sucking us back in, man. They got me. They got me. That's good. That's a good one. I like it. I'm kind of following it. I like it, though. Now, now, I just want to say one thing, though. See, I I get what you're saying, Tyler. You're bringing it back to like like quarterback play, and we got spoiled with. But but to me, it all just comes back to championships. We got spoiled with championships, and yes, that is because we had quarterbacks. Okay, to your to your point, that is because we had quarterbacks. Uh, but I think you see a little bit of these expectations fall off with the other teams in our in our uh, state because their championship success hasn't been there for so long. Now, I will add, though, you said that the Avalanche don't... We don't have those expectations. I'm starting to kind of see and get the feeling that fans out there are having these expectations for the Avs. I mean, it it's is... getting there. It's, it is there. It's I getting mean, there, yes. I, I, I no, see it being I, there. I'm going to take this on a deeper, more philosophical thought process here, okay? It's not about... Dr. Jared having... Oh, yeah, PhD. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the only guy here who didn't graduate from college. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Jared, I love it. <laughs> um, but it's not about just having won championships, having been to championships. Right, right. It's continued success. The Broncos, tell me if you guys are to disagree with this statement. The Broncos are the only team in Colorado since the early 70s, let's say, okay? Since, you know, all the teams, I mean, I know the Rockies are more new, but since the early 70s when you had more going... The only team that has consistently been committed towards achieving a championship. Every year, they're putting everything into going for it. Whereas, there's been stretches of years with the Nuggets, with the the Avalanche, where you just threw in the towel, day one, you never even hoped for it, you were tanking. The Broncos have never 
tanked. The Broncos have always been committed towards having a championship roster, being a championship team. So the mindset of the fans is, you're always going for it, we're always expecting it. I think you're on to something there. However, I can't think of any time Masai Ujiri, Tim Connolly ever did that with the Nuggets. Now, even the Avs. When they got rid of Melo, they blew it up and they tanked for a couple years. That was a unique situation where Carmelo's Carmelo's family Wanted out, and but, by the way, but all that this period of time after that, they, though, Mel, you guys see Mello on Instagram yeah, saying uh-huh. that he didn't want out of Denver. It's all this. Oh my god, that heated me up so much. But either way, <laughs> different show. But the point is, Jared, I think the Mello situation with the Nugs was brilliantly maneuvered with the front office because Mello was going no matter what, and we maximized. By the way, if you look at the domino effect, Jamal is a part of that trade. So. I think the Bronx or the 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 Nuggets front office maximized that deal and I think they did a great job with it. But back to the Avs, okay? I will give it to you. Before Joe Sackick took over, the Avalanche were very hot and cold, very hit and miss. They ran the team like the Rockies. We sell tickets, we get to the playoffs every couple of years, everybody's happy. Now with Joe Sackick in charge, I feel like we're one of those franchises in hockey that does everything every year, free agents, trades. We're going to compete. So it's exciting now to be an oh, absolute. Okay, let's flash forward three years, five years. And I'm going to throw a scenario that a lot of Colorado fans don't want to hear, okay? But the Nuggets, the Avalanche, both stay highly competitive. Top two to three in their conference year after year. No championships. Do you think the expectations for them at that point or at or above what Broncos fans come in with every year. Do you think they are the teams at that point that you're thinking year over year you expect them to be great? Or are they already there? I, I mean, like I said, I think it really does take champion. Once you get championships as a fan base and you are winning championships, it absolutely raises the bar. But granted... If the Broncos keep it their trajectory and they're, I mean, this is like Tyler said, this is a this is a Broncos town. I mean, hey, you, we love the Avs, we love the Nuggets, but this is a Broncos town. If the Broncos keep going down and we have these other teams that are competing for championships, I think that might change things a little bit. This should be an easy answer because the NBA, unfortunately, is a sport to where we can, like college football, to where we can say, okay, we got five teams this year who can win it. And again, unfortunately, I'm a Nugs fan more than anybody else out there. But when the Lakers no are doing these... No one's bigger Nugs fan than Connor. When the, well, you're maybe it's right insulting. there. Well, Soaps. <laughs> hey, Soaps is the guy whose seat I'm in. Producer Soaps. Is, is, no, producer he's a big Nick's NBA a pretty guy. Big NBA he's guy. a very big NBA exactly. guy. But honestly, guys, when it comes down to it, look at the Lakers, look at Brooklyn, look what's going on around the league. If you really think the Nuggets have a shot every year like every other team, I think it's a little distorted. So I, my, my opinion is because of the sport, because the structure, the abs. Yeah, but did have Milwaukee winning it change that at all? I mean, no, we had a you need to see a trend. You no. need to see a trend. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, an amazing supporting cast. But the like, way they built it, the Nuggets was have different. the MVP. The Nuggets have an MVP. You, but you're telling you also me that have you to look at the East. The, the mm. Nuggets playing the, the West. Take, the West is so I much I think it would harder. take three out of five Plus, years a Golden team like State. that winning Dude, it. Golden to State is going to be change. elite this year too. By the way, there's going to be so many teams in the West this year. My point is the Nuggets have such a more difficult path than the Avs. The Avs are going to... Now, the Central, going to be tough this year. 
the Avs should win the Central, okay? We're not saying that about the Nuggets or, well, maybe the Northwest or the whatever they're in. It's always weird divisions with, with the NBA. I, My point is, are we expecting the Nuggets to get a top three seed? Okay, so, is I, that expectation? I, so I, hear, I hear your No, point. answer, answer. Is that top... Is that well, expectation? With, with, if Murray was healthy, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, is it, so yes. you think it is? I am. But, well, but I will I, say this. I, I will say this. It is a little bit... I get your point. And it's a little bit like me to how like the Rockies with baseball is. The, just the way the league is and the sport is, it's going to be a lot harder. The Rockies, as a franchise, are going to be fighting an uphill battle, similar to how the Nuggets are going to be fighting an uphill battle to win a championship. So yes, I think the rational sports fan that really like understands that and looks at the leagues might have something to say like, hey, maybe I'm not expecting the Nuggets to win a championship. Just like I'm not going to expect the Rockies, even if the Rockies made the right moves and were competitive again, to win a championship. Now, the Avs, I do think is different. Well, I think they can win. I do think we need to be careful, too, and when we say expecting. I mean, I don't think many people out there, most rational Broncos fans out there, are probably not expecting the Broncos to win a Super Bowl. Right, you maybe have hopes. There's a potential. There's a long shot. Whatever term you want to use, but when you look at it over, say, a three to five year window, and that's kind of why I threw that number out to you for the for the Abs and the Nuggets. If I ask that same question over the next three to five years, the Broncos are somewhat competitive. Maybe they're in that six to eleven win range each of the next three to five years. Never truly compete for a championship. How how long does that expect? How long does it go before that expectation changes for the Broncos? Does it hit a certain period of time, or because thirty years ago they competed for championships, now this is what we expect? Right. So if them. each so if each team essentially is in that you know coveted w- championship window, right? I'm putting air quotes around that. Uh, how does that expectation of the fan base look exactly. like when you are in that window? That's a good question. It's a good question. I think. I do think because of the Broncos' success, I mean, back to just the Broncos' success, what they've had, the Broncos, when they are in a window like that, are going to have the fan base be avid for another one. They're just they're they're looking for it, right? The, they're spoiled, just like just like Tyler said. It's a little it's a trigger word, but but hey, we've had it good as Broncos fans. I mean, we're talking one of the best NFL franchises out there, right? I mean, the last forty years, right? They've, they've been amazing. So we are a little spoiled when it comes to that. I do think. You're looking at the Nuggets in a championship window right now. You're looking at the Avs in a championship window right now. And no, I do not think that the expectations that would be there for the Broncos if they were in a championship window are there for the Nuggets or the Avs. The fans are just, you know, they're more hoping. They're like, hey, let's get a championship. We can do this. But I do see that changing a little for the Avs. I do. And I do want to circle back around because I think that Connor was onto something. Look, I think quarterbacks does have something to do with it because as a fan, you look at the quarterback and quarterback magnifies the team's brand. So that means something. But honestly, when you said championships, I think that may be the crux of this entire conversation because what happens is when fans get used to championships, that becomes what they're obviously accustomed to by definition. So maybe you're right, Connor. Maybe it's not so much quarterbacks because even it may even be worse. Imagine this. The Broncos had a Trent Dilfer for quarterback, right? And they went still win a Super Bowl. Now fans are saying, we did it with Dilfer 2.0. Why can't we do it with Teddy or someone? You know, so maybe the success isn't. And maybe if the Nuggets have won three championships, we look at that right. differently. Maybe if the Rockies did beat the Red Sox and repeat next year, we do look at them differently. So I think you're right. The success, 
I think, breeds the need for more success, and it's funny how fans work. Well, and it's that sort of idea that, you know, like the Rockies, make it to the World Series, what was that, 07 or 09, whatever year that was, and just absolutely get destroyed. And I was like, you know what, man? It was just really cool to be there. Oh, I would And and so it's a whole different philosophy when you've not won it before, when you don't know what that tastes like. Man, you're just happy to be there. And you remember how dominant the Rockies were? We swept our way into the World Series. Oh, yeah. the Worst Rockies, thing that could have happened. Exactly. They were like 7-0, and whatever the rules were back then. And we had to sit and watch Boston. I think it was Boston-Tampa, whoever the heck it was. And, and Yankees, I think. Yankees. I think it was Boston-Yankees. And they played a long... Well, yeah, and the Yankees went up, I believe. I believe. I mean, hey, I could be wrong on this, but I do believe that that was the year that the Yankees went up 3-0, potentially. And then the Red Sox battled back (laughs) and won four games in a row. That Mets stinks even more. Hey, so one of our listeners, hold me accountable if I'm incorrect on this. Tweet us at Red Rock Sports. Oh, sorry. At Red Rock Sports 1 on Twitter. Boom. Uh, (laughs) At Red Rock Sports 1. So uh, I I do, you know, hey, not. I I think we can wrap it up, but I, I do think. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's a funny comment. I like that you brought this up, Jared, because it's interesting how you don't get that that type of like, hey, the, the Nuggets, if the Nuggets make it to the Western Conference Finals, right, and lose again this year, more or less, it's going to be disappointing. Uh, don't get me wrong. Everyone's going to be like, ah, we were so close, you know, but the feeling around it wasn't like, well, we never really expected them to win this year, yes. you know, whereas, hey, if the Broncos make it to the AFC championship game, even this year, even with this roster this year, if the Broncos find themselves in it the AFC... It will be no different. If they find themselves in that spot, the fan base will have well, they that will be, hey, we've but it, But it comes from like, we've seen this. We've seen it. We've actually won, right? <laughs> like we, we let our... It's like, a, right. it's like, hey, you know how you like don't get your hopes up? Um... You know how sometimes in life, like, there's some instances where you just, like, don't want to get your hopes up, right? I think with Broncos fans, they just get their hopes up. We just, we just like, hey, we're in the AFC Championship game, baby. This can happen. It is real, right? When we see the Nuggets in the, AFC, in the, in the you know, conference finals, we're just like, wow. Whole, yeah. Holy exactly. crap. Hey, we're so here. Cool. This yeah. is yeah. awesome. So yeah. cool. Uh, so I, I think there's a little of that. Okay. It's funny. I just had a, like, feeling really old moment. I had to, like, do math <laughs> in my head because we were talking 07. You guys realize how long ago that was? Yeah. Yeah. Was oh, 14. 14 years ago? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I just felt old. I know. <sighs> I was at I uh, every one of those games, by the way. Yeah. Every single one of those playoff games, and it was awesome. But anyways, I, re- I digress. All right. Before we get out of here, obviously we got week one NFL season coming up here. And I think the NFL typically does a spot on job of scheduling that first week. Usually end up with some great matchups. What are what are the key matchups? What are the games you guys are looking for this weekend I, out of the NFL? I love Thursday night. I Isn't love that awesome kick off, off that way. Yeah, Cowboys. Uh, uh, Cowboys at Bucks. Obviously, the Bucks get their their rings and the the ceremony. Can I give a shameless plug? Can I give a plug? Yep. I do another show. It's called the Sharp Angle Podcast. I, it's it's uh, just me on the show, and we talk sports betting. And last weekend, I did give out a teaser, a two team teaser. I took Ole Miss and the Bucks. So I got the Bucks minus one and a half tomorrow night. I'm feeling good about that. Good, good. I like that. And hey, anybody out there, we don't talk a ton of sports betting on this show. I know that's a new thing to Colorado. It's now legal over the last year. A lot of people have gotten into that. If you guys want to find out more about that, Tyler does a great job. And Tyler, give me the handle again. It's 
at Sharp Angle Pod. At Sharp Angle Pod, or they're also a, a member of the Woos Media Podcast Network. If you guys want to check out any other shows, we talk some college football, have several other shows as well. You can find them at woosmedia.com. That's W-O-O-Z-E media.com. Great shows out there. Tyler and I do a couple of them. We try to drag Connor on every now and then, but he's a busy man. So, Connor, what are your key games? What games are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, the game I'm looking forward most to watching, other than the Broncos game. Yeah, I am a homer through and through. Uh, the game I'm looking forward to the most is the Bears at the L.A. Rams. I am huh. so fascinated to see Stafford. how Matt Stafford yeah. and that offense looks. On, and, and I'm equally as fascinated to see what Justin Fields looks like. Because uh, obviously I know me and Jared have both been on the camp of why didn't you draft that guy? M- more and less so because... I'm on that um, camp too. But is Justin Fields I'm starting? I'm on that camp too. Is Justin Fields starting? No, yeah. he's not. Oh, he's it's not. Andy Dalton. Oh, it's... No, is it? Yes. Yeah, it's Andy oh, Dalton no, starting. Man, my, my the, game out the, the window. The red rifle, a.k.a. the beige water pistol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm also hey, curious. Can I give you a low-key game to watch? Okay. Mm-hmm. A low-key game that's going to be awesome to watch if you have the uh, ticket. Uh, Jets-Panthers. Because Sam Darnold... On the Panthers, going back against oh, the Jets, yeah, back home. against his own team at home, okay. dude. That's going to be fun to watch, and I think the Panthers are going to make a statement. Sam Darnold, three touchdowns. Let's go, Sam. I'm excited so. too to see, and I know this is not a very good game, but I'm excited to watch the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans. What the hell are you excited <laughs> for that for? I'm excited because I just want to see the Lawrence show. I want to see the Trevor Lawrence show. See how he looks. Uh, Tyler and I have a bet as to. We, we have a pretty hefty bet, actually. A couple cups of coffees, more more than a couple, on uh, whether or not he will, uh, Trevor Lawrence will win a Super Bowl in his entire career. So a bit I of have, a long play I there. I have under 0.5. Yeah, okay. I have under, so there we go. Uh, interesting. I'm, I would <laughs> say I'm curious to see what this Jags offense looks like because Urban mm. Meyer seems like he may have lost mm. it, but I will not believe that until I see it. Urban Meyer is a very, very good football coach. He knows how to win football games. So yeah. I'm curious on that. The one for me that stands out that I really want to see is Packers at Saints. I yeah, want to see what sure. does this offense look like with Jameis Winston. Has he taken that that next step? He looked pretty good when he played last year. Uh, obviously, you got and I'm just slipping on his name. I wanted to say Sean McVay, but who's this, who's the head coach? Sean Payton. There? Sean Payton. He's a great head coach. He's a great coach for quarterbacks. Can he get Jameis Winston to be a, I'm not going to say elite quarterback, but be an above average well, quarterback? Look, best thing this year for uh, the Saints, wild card. They're, in my opinion, you look at Tampa. Tampa's just going to walk bring through back. that. They're bringing everyone back. They did their due diligence, and Tom Brady did his in taking a lower contract. They signed everyone. Tampa's going to be good. And Tampa didn't have practice last year. They went into last year with no COVID practices, right? They they, they went in fresh. So Tampa's going to be good. The best the Saints can hope for is wild card. Okay. okay. Uh, do we have a stat of the week for Carl? Oh, yeah. This week? I forgot. I almost forgot. <laughs> hey. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Do have a stat of the week. Uh, should have brought it up when we were talking a little nuggets. Cause it's, I know. I even right? <laughs> I, I saw the opportunity and I forgot. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. Connor. I failed you. Uh, well, I failed myself, as I do on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so actually, uh, we're getting back to my one true love that you all know I love. All right. Michael Porter Jr. 
And I think we're going to talk a little bit maybe next week about uh, kind of contract situations with the Nuggets and, and hey, what in, the, what in the world's going on? How have we not signed this guy yet? Um, and your level of concern. But we'll get there next week. I want to get to just another stat that shows just how crazy of a season it really was for Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I know I brought up some stats before, but I really like this one. So here we go. Uh, this is... Okay, so last year, Michael Porter Jr. shot 50.9% from the field and 42.2% from the three-point range while averaging... Uh, or uh, I'm sorry, this is the, the season before, 1920, okay? Uh, he shot 50%, 42% from three, 9.3 points per game, right? So this last season, he stepped that up to a whopping 19 points per game, 54% from the field, Wow. And 44.5% from downtown. Okay. The only other player to hit those averages, 19 points a game, 54% from the field, and 445 from downtown. The only other player to hit those averages while attempting more than three-point shots for the year was Chris Webber back in the 1995-1996 season. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. Nice job, man. I like okay, that. that actually is an interesting comparison because I don't think of Chris Webber as a shooter necessarily. So that that's factoring in some three points. Uh, yeah, it's, so that's out of only players who have attempted at least three three-pointers okay. over the whole year. Okay. So what you're doing is it's you're so cutting Chris, out all the yeah. guys that just do on the block so stuff. So Chris Webber was more of an inside the three-point shooter. I, I don't know that he was ever known as a great yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious so. to look up the, I, and that, yeah, that, yeah, that I, I, I never followed mm-hmm. Chris Webber all that closely. Well, okay, my question to you, Connor, is factoring in, keeping those percentages, let's say, in line for field goal shooting as well as three-point shooting, do you think he can keep, Michael Porter Jr. can keep those percentages in line and raise his game to being, say, a 25-point-a-game player this year? I think it's going to be tough to, honestly, as some of these stats that I've pointed out, I mean, he shot at a historic level last so year. So is he I'm just like, destined to drop off no matter I, what? I think, I think it's going to be really hard for him to keep those percentages. But yeah, I absolutely believe that he can be a 40% three-point shoot you know, three-point shooter over 50 from the field, hitting 25 points a game. Uh, I think really for Michael Porter Jr. in his offensive game, he just needs to... To take that next level, I really we would all love to see him uh, work a little more on creating his own shot off the dribble, yep. right? And I think that that's something that really showed itself in this most recent playoff run when they're throwing double teams on him, when they're really picking him up high, right? They're playing, they're picking up really high off the three point line, getting all up in him. Uh, you see someone, you, you know, you see some of these uh, other players like Kevin Durant, for instance is really, really good at creating his own shot off the dribble. And that's something that Michael Porter wasn't the best at last year. So yeah, I think that for him to take the next step, that's what I want to see is him making his creating a shot off the dribble a little bit better. But yes, I think more or less, you're going to see these great percentages. I do believe that Michael Porter Jr., if he stays healthy, is destined to be a superstar in this league. And we are going to have to talk next week about bringing this guy back and the Nuggets situation in general. Yeah, I think next week's a good time to talk that. Obviously, we're, we're diving into the NFL season at that point. But we're coming up very, very soon on the NBA and the NHL seasons coming up. Not a lot of uh, downtime for them this year. Again, coming off of COVID-affected seasons that had them starting later in the 2020-2021 in the season. So you're going to see uh, a quick turnaround here. So we'll get started talking on NBA stuff a little 
little bit of NHL into next week. And, and you mentioned Kevin Durant. And I think Michael Porter Jr., that is the man that you watch his game. You figure out how to model yourself off of what he has done because I think you're built the same way. You have a lot of the same skill sets. And I think if you could improve your game in some of the areas that Kevin Durant is strong, I think he could be a much better player. Yeah, no, that's that's the hope, right? That's the goal. So It looks like him right now. Hey, before we get out of here, Jared, so uh, I, I think we should say right now, for everyone who's tuned in, if you're done with sports with Denver Sports Talk, we're pretty much done with the show, right? This is it, right? Yeah, Jared? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do want to let everyone know, Nick, producer Nick, back next week. He's filling. He, he's filling in. He's back in for me. So before I leave, I want to give one more thing on the show. One more impression <laughs> on the show. And what I have here is, can you guys see this book? For those who aren't listening, or for those who aren't watching, it's a Geeks Who Drink uh, book. Now, Geeks Who Drink is a national brand. They go bar to bar, brewery to brewery, and do different quizzes uh, for prizes, things like that across the country. So what I have here We did one for the office together, actually. Exactly. So I have now today, between you two, a Geeks Who Drink quiz this is about food, okay, or drinks, <laughs> and you two can work together. I've got a couple questions. You guys want to do a couple questions? Okay, let's do it. All right, just a little fun for the end. So wait, right? we I, get to work together? Work together, or? I want you guys to work together because, look, some of these are tough. Okay. And so right, it's like, right. yeah, all right. all right. So question number one. According to legend, a Chinese Mandarin once gave British Prime Minister Charles Gray what gift? Now think about it. What would you give an Englishman as a gift? I was I was actually thinking back to the the Seinfeld episode with the oranges. <laughs> Did he give him some oranges? You say oranges. What do you think, Connor? I mean, <laughs> is, it's a food. This item is well, going to be a food or a drink. Oh, a, a, according to legend, tea. A chi- well, you know what, Connor? I think of uh, course Connor got it here. <laughs> yep, uh, money. Yeah. That's how okay, money no, is. No, no, like there's so much logic to that. I can absolutely see that. I was, I was both, thinking biscuits both or cultures, tea. Both cultures. It's I, very big in their cultures. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should definitely get this one. Switzerland's dairy farmers call it Emmentalia. What do Americans call it? Switzerland. The Swiss. Swiss cheese? Oh, my God. Oh, oh yeah. We're Jared got it. You guys are two. We are Adios. four. Dude. Two. Yeah, you guys are in the it. food category. Nice right. question. We'll do five total. Or question number three. The company that invented tater tots was located near the border between which two states? Ooh. Well, Idaho. Okay. Oh, it's which Oregon. other state? It's Orida. Is it? It's Oregon. Yeah. Orida. Wow. Look at this. Wow, you Jared guys are on fire. Out. You, Jared's on fire right you want to know? You actually want to know how I, I randomly have, have that name in my head? How? I found a golf ball. I was playing golf this weekend. <laughs> found a golf ball on the course. Orida. It was an Orida wow. ball. So you know, that just was in my head right there. Apply, we should get Jared applied for Jeopardy. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good until they bring up the music topic because they always pick like post-2010 music and I'm like, I've never heard this song. <laughs> I, I literally don't no, even know what this that's is. That's the thing is Jared's great for everything before 1999. Yeah. Jared could come with like a, a 1990s trivia. Oh, he, Jared would Okay, Jared but you pair it. me with like a group of teenagers, we could be <laughs> legit, man. I hear, let's see if you, how, how well you do here. This is an interesting one. 
A woman once sued a radio station when she went to claim a cash prize, but instead got what candy bar? A hundred grand. Oh. Yes. We are pretty good at this. Right? These quizzes are never this easy. If you guys have ever done (laughs) Geeks Who Drink trivia, they're always so abstract and random. All right, let's do one more here. Um, You know what? You guys are good at food, so I'm going to go sports. Oh, we don't know anything about sports. We're not going to do well here. No. Just first question: Who is starting quarterback for the Bears this week? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it remains to right. be seen. No man. <laughs> All right. Uh, Margaret Court was a world number. Oh wait, yeah, M A R G A R E T. Margaret, right? Margaret Court. Yeah. Was a world number one tennis in what's sport wow connor says tennis no i'm gonna go golf That's no i just uh, played the oh. correct sound effect <laughs> no connor i honestly had no idea wait wait a she girl just sounds like a with tennis the last name jared court? said golf <laughs> i didn't even play that once the incorrect sound effect yes wait but but her name was court it was too obvious i it thought i thought we would her name sounded she incorrect. sounded like a tennis player incorrect okay. all right hey broncos this week baby let's go yeah absolutely hey, tyler and i have a bet what on do the we giants, think guys are we we feeling the broncos this week i love it absolutely week one I love it giants let's, let's go. go broncos all right. we're riding high with broncos we'll talk a little bit of nuggets maybe de- uh sprinkle in some abs next week as well again make sure you guys find us on twitter at red rock sports one for connor and tyler i'm jared thanks for stopping by